The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Well, I've done a lot of show prep again today, and my heart is really, really heavy as I get into this. I've been in this for years. I'm uh, one of the old-time pioneers of this business. Uh, Some days I feel older than others as you work into this. Today's show is all about the vulnerables. Who is it, and how does this happen? And it was interesting when I was writing the promotional card, I could easily identify the top four Uh, classifications, runaway kids, foster kids, pregnant kids, homeless kids. But then then I really spent a lot of time on it, and I realized it's much more deeper than that. So before we really dive into this, this show is really a show about preventing, prevention and intervention. That's what I get up for every day of my life, prevention and intervention of human trafficking, sextortion, child pornography, social media exploitation. Our world is fast changing, and there are many reasons for that. Part of it has to do with technology, and those of you who know me know that I spend many, many hours in research of understanding technology, where it's going, uh, how it's going to affect our families, our children, our parents. Uh, It's a fascinating situation because we always think of the victim, but there are families involved in this. I spent much of my week this week trying to uh, help find Nicole Klein, and um, it's K-L-E-I-N, if you want to look her up on Million Kids' Facebook page, and uh, it's just a heartbreaking situation. Uh, A beautiful young lady, she's about 16, 17 years old, took a left turn due to some real tragic incidents in her life, and now we know that she's in a life of sex trafficking, and we are trying to locate her. One of the things that Million Kids does is work with parents to try to help locate these kids. And the mother, Lisa, is just absolutely devastated. My heart bleeds for her because, you know, Nicole is anybody's kid. She's just drop-dead beautiful. She really is a beautiful young lady. But, you know, at one point, she took a left turn, and her life has changed dramatically. We cannot find her. And uh, she's just one of thousands, literally thousands out there like that. Well, before we get deep into this, I'm obligated to give you some uh, background information, so we need to do that. If you want to call into the show, the number is one 472 5788 
1-866-472-5788. Now, you see Susie Carpenter, our media marketing director, is on here with me today, but she's had a prior commitment, so she's not on here, so I'm all by myself. You are welcome to call in and chat with me. I do know that many of the people who listen to the show listen to it on the archive versions, and if you are on the archive version, you can't call in. Uh, this show goes out to 170 countries, and I was looking at our stats this week, and I am just absolutely blown away. I am truthfully greatly humbled. Uh, I do this because I care, and I want to be able to educate other people so that if they care and they want to develop their own program to do this, I can support them with research and education. And one of the uh, the, orga- the organization that runs this show is called Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Million Kids. And it's called that because more than a million kids are trafficked each year throughout the world. If you really want to get solid information on this, I would invite you to go to Million Kids' Facebook page and like us. Just go on to Facebook, hit Million Kids, and like us. And uh, a lot of people want to be my own friend on my own Facebook page, by the way. Good luck. I'm not on there myself, so I don't usually accept friends. So I do tell you, please go to me and kids. And I am on there regularly several times a day because Susie has some amazing cases that she posts. The reason we want you to follow me and kids on Facebook is we are posting new cases sometimes two and three times a day. Now, this show is called Exploited Crimes, and you can also go to exploitedcrimes.com or meandkids.org. Either one, that's exploitedcrimes.com or meandkids.org, and you can go in on Exploited Crimes to listen and hear all the archive shows. What blew me away this week when we got our stats is the number one country outside of America is China that is listening to this. So if you're in China or Italy or Japan or Canada and you're listening, please send me an email at opal at millionkids.org. Opal, O-P-A-L, at millionkids.org. I want to know who you are and what you're doing. By the way, Italy, you may not realize this, but I look at all your cases that are posted on the Internet, and Italy just got a crackerjack sex, uh, what am I saying, child pornography case today, and congratulations to you guys. It it had 40,000. 5,000 pedophiles on it, 45,000 pedophiles. Let's say each pedophile only molested one or two kids. That's, you know, that's nearly 100,000 kids minimum that were violated or exploited. And I bet you the number is four or five times that. So congratulations to you folks in Italy for taking that on. So I want to talk about the vulnerables today. Now, this can be anybody, but here in the U.S., it is oftentimes our teenagers. And there's starting to be something of a profile. In fact, I'll get a call from a parent and they're just disheartened. Their child is um, just going south on them, okay? They uh, are disruptive. They won't stay in school. They won't sleep. They have a hard time keeping them away from technology. Uh, they're disrespectful. They're uh, off in love with a boyfriend. And, I, you know, I can't tell you the number of times I take these calls and I say, so how old is she? And I already know the answer. More times than not, the answer is she's 14. Now, why is that? Well, she's on the high side of puberty. And she's trying to get her identity. And I have a theory about this. I believe that we need to start about 9, 10, 11 years old, especially if you're dealing with a foster child, or a child from a broken home. 
Because think about a child with a broken home. You have a part-time daddy, and that's huge. I mean, just, this is just huge, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> mimicking a little election talk over here is just huge. If you have a part-time daddy or you have no daddy or your daddy's off in another family, you are going to have a hole in your heart as big as the sky. And you are going to do everything you can to fill that hole. You're going through puberty and we hand you a piece of electronics that connects you to the whole world. And, you know, your line of thinking, whether you realize it or not, is you are trying to find out who you are and if you're acceptable to the rest of the world. And that is one of the reasons why these kids are so darn vulnerable. That's really, really important. I've often thought that a an antidote to this is start about nine or ten years old and start to play games with your kids. Hey, let's start to figure out who you are. You know, think about this. When you go through puberty, you're trying to find your identity. I remember when I was, and it has been a very long time ago when I went through puberty, but I remember I just did not know who I was. Now, in that case, I enrolled in thespians and I was in drama in high school and gave me a chance to play different parts. And I think that's quite therapeutic for a child, especially a foster child that really doesn't have identity. Think about growing up if you're in a home where you've been in 10, 5, 10, 15 homes, you mirror yourself by the adults that you're around. And if you're changing adults, you really don't know who you are. But even if you're in a solid household, a lot of kids are struggling. Play this game of create yourself. I saw a billboard here in Southern California called create yourself, and I love that. You know, are you funny? Are you intelligent? Are you serious? Um, maybe you're interested in medicine. Maybe you're interested in science. Maybe you're interested in movie stars. Maybe you think you're a good rap artist. Maybe you think you're not good at anything except video games. You see, that's one of the things that's happening with video games. Think about this a minute. You're trying to, to get approval, right? The reason you play a video game is you want to win. The reason you want to win is you want people to like you. And your score is right there in front of you at all times. So you sit down and you go into a world that may be violent, may be sexual, and we open the door to total strangers, and you're needing the approval of those strangers. So all of a sudden, mom and dad can't get that child away from a video game. You'd even take them to dinner and they won't talk to you, boy or girl. Why is that? It's called the Tetris Tetris effect. I have a friend, Dr. Andy Doan, who talks about this. He's an amazing guy, by the way. His book is called Hooked on uh, Games. Hooked on Games. Great book. I recommend that you go to Amazon and get that. Anyway, he's a PhD in MD, and he studies the neuropsychology of gaming. But think about this. In a game, your score is right there in front of you. You can tell immediately if you're being accepted, rejected, and how you fit into the crowd. And so it is absolutely addicting. So one of the reasons why 14-year-olds are so darn vulnerable is they don't know who they are. And so what's a predator do? He tells them who they are or who he thinks they want to be. And if they don't have a father, that's really, really important. So many of our cases, that means whether they have a father who's just absent or even a father who's only there part-time. Now, I'm going to tell you the men that are out there, and I am just so impressed with the number of men who care about 
kids that are caught up in sex trafficking, sex extortion, or child pornography because they are the key. You show me a strong male, moral male with good boundaries. That's absolutely key. You must have good boundaries. You know, you must know when to say yes and when to say no and allow them to bond with you, but not over bond with you because then your ego gets in the way and it becomes uh, self-deprecating on there. And so, you know, if you have somebody like that, four words, I always say the most important four words in the English language, I believe in you. Because that's what that predator is going to sell that girl is, I believe in you. So I want you to think about the fact that you get these teenagers, they are looking to see who they are, if they're from a broken home, if they have low self-esteem, they are absolutely sitting ducks to becoming recruited in this kind of thing. Now, what do you do about it if you're in one of those situations Well, you get them counseling? You must get them counseling and with a good counselor. And good counselors are hard to find, quite frankly. There's a lot of them out there that I don't recommend. But it's very important to get her into a, and him, but especially her, into a counselor. Because you're the bad guy now. The idea of going through puberty is you're getting independence, right? You're separating off from mom and dad, and you're starting to find out, can you fly on your own? Think about them up in a tree on a nest, starting to go out there in the real world flying. Sometimes they do good, and sometimes they crash. And that is part of that exercise of growing up through puberty. What is important is for a parent to understand that, to educate themselves, especially on technology and understanding the psychological processes that are going on in there, and begin to give them the resources so that they can uh, go through puberty and find out who they are and find that warrior inside themselves. You know, we are not in the business of raising happy kids. I don't know where that generation ever came from, but we need to raise kids who will survive and be leaders, kids who are confident on who they are and what they stand for and know that they have the inner strength. That comes from discipline. You do not get that without discipline. Happiness never is achieved without discipline. I know myself, when I exercise, I feel better about myself. When I, when I lose weight, I feel better about myself. Discipline and self-esteem is something you earn. And every time you teach a child to do what's right instead of what's easy, they become stronger. So that's what we're going to talk about here with 14-year-olds, uh, especially because they are the most likely candidate in there. Now, in the next segment, I'm going to address runaways and foster and pregnant kids and some, and then we'll move into homeless kids. So we're up against a dr- break. Be sure and uh, stay tuned. If you want to call in, it's one 866 We'll be right back. Thanks. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. 
Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back. We are talking about the most vulnerables. These are people most likely to become victims of human trafficking, sextortion, child pornography, social media exploitation. And we just talked about 14-year-olds here in the U.S. Now, I believe this applies overseas also. Now, Overseas, a lot of the vulnerables have to do with the fact that they're displaced or they um, have nowhere to go. They're migrants that are moving around and that kind of thing. And that's a completely different show. We've actually done several shows on that, and I want to do some more because that is just a huge, huge global phenomena. I just read this week uh, an article just blew me away. In, in the United States, it has to do with the border kids coming in. These are the kids that are pouring across the border. Yesterday on the news, they're saying they're averaging 1,000 a day. People coming up from Honduras, Nicaragua. I can't say that word. Help me out here. Uh, Guatemala and uh, and like that, and they're coming up here because their country is collapsing. But they also are uh, concerned about what's happening in the election. Once they get here, they're not necessarily safe. I mean, you know, they think they come here, they get they're safe. Everybody here is rich. We all get jobs and like that. This is an amazing problem that's happening in the U.S. I just read an article this week that one high school in in Los Angeles. One out of four of those students are what we call border kids, kids who have poured across the border. The problem of it is, is they're bringing gang guys with them, MS-13 and people like that, MS-18. And so they're vulnerable. But today, I really want to go back and focus on the teenager that's here in America and how they're vulnerable. And one of the most vulnerable groups, I believe, is the runaway kid. Now, this is a big, big challenge in America. You wouldn't think so. Our kids are so spoiled compared to kids around the world. I mean, they have electronics, you know, they have Nikes, they have everything that you think they could possibly want. They participate in rap groups and they have iPods. And, you know, uh, I read an, uh, no, I heard a speaker the other day. Well, it's been a while ago, but it really impressed me. She said in Los Angeles County, 62% of the homeless kids have 
uh, some sort of electronic device that they can go to Starbucks and connect to Wi-Fi. 62% of homeless. That really redefines poverty in, a, in around here. But I want you to think about runaways because what got my attention, as most of you know, I look at every human trafficking case in America every day and every child pornography case. And lately I've been looking at every global case because we are getting ready to start Million Kids Global. But as we looked at this, one of the things that I couldn't help but notice is the most despicable cases, the cases where the individual is most violated are runaway kids. Statistics indicate about 1.69 million kids run away each year. That's a huge, huge number. And what happens when running away is it's usually an impulse decision. You know, things just overwhelm them. It gets too much to them. Uh, Maybe their family throws them out. Um, Maybe they get in a fight in a family. Maybe they have no family. Maybe their mother's on meth. And by the way, those of you, especially outside of America, will be amazed to find out how much family trafficking takes place in America. What? Who are those victims? Their mother's usually a meth addict or a heroin addict. And, you know, when that happens, they take the kids down with them. And so I was really blown away as I began to do research about the number of family trafficking cases we have where a mother especially is selling her daughter or a mother is leading the kids into child pornography and looking the other way as they're photographed being sexually violated. So there is family trafficking. But we're talking right this minute about kids who run away. Now, one of the things that I do when I talk into schools, and I'm really going to encourage you to do that if you have your own children, is talk to them. Talk to them about don't run away. If you're a teacher, talk to them about don't run away or a counselor or a therapist because it's an impulse decision. And what happens is you get out there and you have no place to go. And these darn rats, these pimps, they can smell you a mile away. They'll watch you get off that bus or off with your boyfriend and it's, hey, come crash with us. We're family. You know, we uh, no strings attached. Just come on in. You know, we play the guitar. We sing Kumbaya. You know, we're all we're just all one big happy group. And they will put you next to another girl who says, hey, you know, I picked up 500 bucks last night and so can you. And this poor little 13 year old kid will go, oh, my God, I don't want to do that. You know, I never, never. None of these kids ever, ever think. When they leave, they're going to end up in prostitution. Never occurs to them. We need to start talking to them about that now because that's called survival sex. That little girl will go, I don't want to do this, but it's only one night, 500 bucks. I can last all month. Maybe I'll never have to do it again. Maybe maybe I'll find a way out. And off she goes. And she will be drugged, and she will never see that money. Our kids need to hear they will never see that money. That is how that works. So they get out there, and they find that they don't have many options. And it literally becomes survival sex, trading their body one day at a time for food or or a bed or a relationship they hope and pray will care about them. But it's not a true relationship, and they get preyed on. I uh, I wanted to look at a couple of cases. Actually, there are several. I, I could hardly stop myself today as I'm looking at this because, 
as I'm looking at this, one of the things that I recognize is that these kids are the most violated kids out there. So mom and dad, if you're listening to this or pastors or teachers, the first thing I'm going to do is talk about plan B for your child. Set that child down and say, hey, you're 12 years old, you're 13, you're 14, you're 15. I know life gets tough. I mean, there are days I want to run away, and at 4 o'clock this morning was one of them as I'm preparing for this radio show. We all want to escape. It's a natural tendency as that that pressure bubbles up in us. But talk to your kid about plan B. Accept the fact that they may get mad at you and not like you and blame you for all kinds of things that you can't even imagine. They are becoming adult individuals, and they are going to see you as a bad guy. So accept it and get over it. And tell them, okay, if you get pissed at me, oh, I'm not allowed to say that. If you get mad at me, if you get ticked off at me, okay, let's get you plan B. You can call your pastor. He says he'll talk to you or she says they'll talk to you at any time. Here's their phone number. You can call Aunt Mary. Your counselors agree to school to do this. Uh, The neighbor will talk to you. Uh, Your best friend's mother has agreed to be plan B. Get yourself a plan B with this child now so that your child knows they have a safe place to go. The other thing to do is develop a code word. I really learned this recently in a case. Develop a code word between you. It can be hearts. It can be stars. It can be frogs. It can be blah, blah, blah. I don't care what it is. But just in case your child disappears... I mean, I can't tell you the number of hours I spend trying to find somebody's child. If they can't get to any kind of technology, they can send you a quick message to let you know they're alive with that code word in it. So get yourself a code word between the two of you that you agree on now so that at any time in the future, you know that you can connect. So I want to show a couple of cases here. Here's one, a case of a of a guy that was by the name of Philip Dwayne Lloyd. The headline is Twin Cities Man Sentenced to 27 Years in Prison for Sex Trafficking Teens. Now, all these stories have been on Million Kids Facebook, so you can always go through and find them there. But here's what I wanted to see. He had a co-defendant in this case. It's a legal case. He allegedly, because they're in court, but almost all of these cases where renovés are involved, they are comforted and recruited by another girl. So these guys are really vicious, and they have another girl. In this case, it was Raquel Belcher. Now, this girl's under 18, and the, the girl, Raquel, arranged the trafficking So the guy isn't always seen as the bad guy. The girl's doing the trafficking, and she had her take sexually explicit photos, which are put on Facebook. You see, what happens is the girls will train these runaways on how to have sex for money, what kinds of positions, and like that. And while they're doing it, they're filming them. And so that's one reason why when you're looking on Backpage and Craigslist, they look like they're not in duress because they're with another girl and they're being filmed on there. And so what you'll find is many of these girls uh, that are trafficked are brutally uh, uh, treated. And that is what has happened here in this case. There's another case before we go to break I want to talk about. A South Bay man gets 40 years for child sex trafficking. Now, this is gang trafficking. Gangs prey on these runaway kids because they have very few options. In this case, they're part of the Crips. She was a runaway, and she actually escaped from this guy. And we see case after case after case where they escape and they have nowhere to go. 
They're runaways. They have no resources. They get out there. They panic, you know, and they get and the guy, first of all, will track them down. And when they get them back, it is absolutely brutal. The way they treat these runaways is worse than any other victims, in my opinion. They beat them. They electrocute them. They gang rape them. They gang sodomize them. They put them out for other gangs to take advantage of, to to teach them. They gang rape them and film it and make them watch it over and over. They electrocute them. They strangle them. This gets absolutely vicious. In this case, this guy was a self-described cross-country pimp from Gardena, and he had seven girls that he forced into it. He whipped them. He beat them. He punched them in the face. He beat them with a bell. He took them across the country from California to Arizona, Texas, Georgia, Washington, D.C. Why? They're 16 years old. They have no other options. Most of the time, they don't know where they're at. They don't know where they're going, and they know they have no resources. This, again, is why it's important to develop a code word. So if she can get hands on any kind of electronics, she can get a message to someone. She said the victim ran away at one point but found herself lost with no money, and she returned. So runaways, runaways are one of the most most violated and vulnerable people out there. So we are going up against a heartbreak. I hope you'll heartbreak. I hope you'll stay right with us. We are then going to talk about homeless kids and pregnant teenagers next. Stay with us. Be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello, welcome back. Thank you for rejoining us here. We are talking about who is the most vulnerable in sex trafficking, sextortion, child pornography, and social media exploitation. Well, the top categories are runaways, which we're deep into that conversation. We'll come right back. But also foster kids, pregnant kids, homeless kids, um, kids who are 
12, 13, 14, going through puberty, trying to get their identity. Kids, girls, especially without a father, but guys too. Uh, you know, you show me somebody that doesn't have the approval of a male figure in their life. It is absolutely huge. And by the way, you show me somebody who has a mother that messes around, that's having affairs, that's engaged in prostitution. Uh, I will also sh- tell you that that greatly affects their sons as well as their daughters because it's their moral image. And it sets that standard for them for the rest of life. On top of it, when you have a parent, a parent that is, you know, in a in an illicit relationship that's having sex on the side of marriage or that has no extra parent in a no parent, let's say less than a two party household is what I'm trying to say, in there you're going to have shame going on in that family. I, I I hadn't intended to talk about this, but for some reason I feel God leading me this way, so we're going to talk about this. You know, adults out there, I'm going to tell you, you have no idea the impact you are having on your children. Somehow I think you think you're living in a vacuum, and as long as nobody in the family sees you doing it, then you'll get away with it, and it won't impact your children. Who the heck are you kidding? You know, you are their moral compass, and they get it. And if there's not a happy marriage, they get it. If one of you is fooling around, they get it. If you're looking at pornography, they get it. Do you know that there is a, a, a theory, some research out there that indicates that the age that your son first sees pornography is will determine how addicted he is as an adult? So you have a a culpability in this. You know, you get a household that's broken or is cheating, and that shame penetrates right down through the DNA. They can experience it, and I'm going to tell you, your child is going to experience it as, I am flawed. I am not as good as other people. I am shamed. They may not be able to put their hand on the shame, But they will feel that shame and they will deal with that for the rest of your life. And you can be all the, you can be Ozzie and Harriet. You have to be old to know who they are. But you can be the most prime example of parenting. But if you yourself are not living a strong moral life, if you're looking at pornography, if you're slipping out to cheat on the spouse, I guarantee you, you have planted a poison pill all the way through your family that you will never be able to turn around. You can apologize if you get caught. That's the only time you're going to apologize. But you are planting a shame pill within your family. And your child will begin to experience that they are less than. So who else is vulnerable? Guys who send naked photos out there. Kids who have been sexually abused are huge. There's all kinds of numbers out there. It's very difficult to to put solid numbers on there. But there's a belief that between 70 and 90% of kids in prostitution were previously sexually molested. It's that shame-based core that they're dealing with and they it's like it's 
in their DNA, and they have a hard time ever fighting it. So if you know of child molestation in a family, they need counseling and they need a lot of it. And I know you reach a point where, you know, people that are 60, 70 years old are still dealing with the child abuse that they experienced when they were 5, 6, 7, 10, 11 years old. And you're thinking, how many times do you have to talk about it? Well, probably the rest of your life, because that has become part of your DNA. Now, you can use that to be strong. You can use that to help others. You can use that to turn your life around and be a champion and a a pillar of the community. But I am telling you that's one of the signs. Another one is pregnant kids. So I'm going to finish with runaways, and then we're going to talk about foster and pregnant kids in here. So this show is going way too fast for me. I have way too much material. But I just want to give you a couple more uh, things that appeared this week on the Million Kids Facebook page. This headline, Doctor Indicted on Human Trafficking, Drug, and Child Porn Charges. Now, this is a doctor. You would not believe in child porn, and I'm deep into studying child porn right now, and it's all I can do to keep myself from having every show be about that, but we can't. Uh, but this is a 36-year-old guy. He's a doctor. He's very successful, okay? He's paid his price and like that, but he got in a sexual relationship with a young runaway, and then he's indicted on child pornography charges because they took pictures of it. But my point here is that he probably preyed on her because she was needy and she looked vulnerable. Runaways have few options, and that is one of the child's. Here's another headline. Women uh, challenges, by the way, for dealing with runaway kids is they get out there with no plan B, and then all they have left is to sell their body. None of these kids ever intended to do this, and so that's why we need to back up and start early to discuss this subject. Here's a headline. Woman found guilty of compelling prostitution. Now, again, this girl, 14-year-old runaway, was coerced to have sex for money by another girl. This is Jasmine Sims, and this is um, a jury that has convicted her here. He took her. She took him and advertised her on Backpage and uh, advertised her for sale. She had arranged uh, dates for adult men at Southeast Side Motel, a truck stop, and in a car. So, again, they're preying on this girl. A girl is preying on a girl. I want you to make sure you get that. And, again, the teen was forced to turn over all the money. You see what a crazy cycle this is? They promise the kid that they're going to be able to have a bed and food, and they're going to take care of them. They're their friend, and they lure them in, and the child is like a fly in a spider web. They're just sucked in and then nearly beat to death. Because they are treated the worst, they know they have no no option. But it never works for them because what happens is they begin to feed them drugs and they take all their money. And it is a spiral down in there. This girl had a troubled life and she was a runaway. And as it says, she had been molested by her grandmother's boyfriend for years when she was a child. In fact, she was even taped taken into custody, into child protective custody. And with that, I want to transition into talking about foster kids because foster kids is just a sad, sad situation. I see the foster care situation here in Southern California and it just makes my head spin. Now, I'm going to tell you that I train probably every social worker in Riverside County and they are amazing people. 
they don't get paid enough and they have a very challenging job. There are just not enough foster homes out there. And think about what this is like. A foster kid is just like you and me, except I had somebody who thought I was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Now, I'm sure I challenged them and ticked them off, and there were days they wanted to make me a foster kid. (laughs) I'm sure of it. But they stuck with me. I had a core relationship that believed in me. And that is one of the problems with the foster care system. We don't have an anchor relationship. All of our foster care um, system people here in Riverside County in Southern California are trained in CSEC, commercial sexual exploitation of children. And they have CSEC specialists and they have a CSEC steering committee. But one of the things, because I'm into prevention and intervention, is what if we started early, started at the age of 10 and required that each of those kids be have an anchor relationship no matter where they're moved to you see here in southern california these kids are moved from riverside county to san bernardino to orange county to la depending on availability and then as they get older what happens is there's no availability who wants to take on a sassy 14 year old that has an attitude so nobody takes them on that means they go into the group home system the group home system is sad 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 Now, I'm going to tell you, there's an amazing group home out here in Riverside County by the name of Oak Grove, and it's run by Misty, and I just have the greatest of respect for them. It is a solid group home that cares about these kids and aligns them with advocates. And by the way, if you're a grandma, grandpa out there, if you're a church, why don't you adopt a group home? Even if you're not there all the time, you know, vow that once a month you're going to go to that group home and develop some allegiance. Uh, put on a cooking uh, show with them and leave them the recipes. These kids aren't inheriting any recipes from mom. Get, give them one of your cookbooks from your women's group. Put on a cooking show and allow them to cook with you. Build a bond. Find something they have in common. Don't just sit there in your church. Go out and find your group home. Because these kids have no anchor relationship. I heard the coolest thing down here in uh, Southern California. We had a little, uh, we, I didn't. It, this was taking place at Oak Grove. They had a little old widow lady. And she had a set of dishes, and their family was quite well-to-do, and nobody in that family wanted those dishes. And it really ticked off the, the grandmother. And so she was just going to donate them to Goodwill. But she got an idea, and she picked a group home girl who was about to get her apartment. And she took these dishes, and she wrote a note. She didn't just dump them off at the group home. She found the girl's name, and she wrote them a note. I'm making this part up because I don't know the lady's name. But what she did is she wrote a, a note to this girl that says, Hey, Teresa, these dishes have been in the Larson family for three generations. And now I'm giving to them to you. Welcome to the Larson family. You are now part of our legacy. Have you ever thought about that? Group home kids don't have a legacy. Foster kids don't have a legacy. It's important that we begin to give these kids a legacy that they're a valued child of God and that they're important. I'm going to suggest to you as a a nonprofit to adopt a group home. Find some activities for them. If they're going to go to a prom, don't just give them your old prom dress. Some of you ladies take her shopping and help her pick out a prom dress. You know, get involved with this group home and build an allegiance. I just want to share a story with you. I met a kid over at a group home. I do a lot of educating at group homes for about child 
human trafficking, sex trafficking. And I met a kid who was 17 years old. His name was Ryan. He was one smart kid. And I'm talking to these guys about, you know, being addicted to video gaming and not send your naked photo out there where you're going to get trapped in that way. And this young man came to me and he said, you know what, when I had a home, I was addicted to video gaming. And I said, well, what are you doing here? And he said, well, nobody will take me. He's 17. I said, you know, kids who get addicted to video gaming often are very intelligent. I think you're very intelligent. And he says, oh, yeah, I want to be a meteorologist. And I said to him, well, you know, you can do that. And he said, well, as soon as I get out of the group home. I went out and bought him a book on on, uh, hurricanes. I thought of nothing else that'll keep him busy till he can get back to Orange County and get back to his home if that's a possibility. But why don't we take our churches and go to group homes and say, hey, what do you want to be? And let me to help you develop a career path. Let me start at 14, 15, 16 years old and give these kids hope that they can actually do this. Find out what they want to be and then subsidize it. Do they want to be in band? Let's get them a uniform. Let's get them an instrument. Do they want to be in dance? Let's get them a little outfit. Let's get them a video where they can practice. There are concrete things we can do to keep these kids from becoming vulnerable. Well, wow, that section went really, really fast. Okay, stay with us. We're going to come into our last section here in a minute, and we'll finish talking about how to keep kids from being vulnerable. Stay right with us. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, welcome back. We are talking about who's the most vulnerable to be recruited into sex trafficking, sex extortion, 
child pornography, become victims of child pornography, and also social media exploitation. Well, we've covered, you know, that age 12, 13, 14, because you're vulnerable, you're going through puberty, girls without fathers, guys without fathers are extremely vulnerable, by the way. Anyone who has a mother on drugs, anybody who's been sexually abused is absolutely huge. I mean, I kind of gloss over that. That probably is a whole nother show that we should talk about is how that translates. Migrants are extremely uh, vulnerable. Boys are extremely vulnerable if they send out a naked photo to anybody or any kind of of photo. We've done whole shows on sextortion, and I'm going to tell you, that is such an epidemic. We're going to do some more because, you know, in the last show, we even talked about how there's sextortion rings. There were five guys working all these kids, and these kids had no idea that they weren't talking to the same person. This is really uh, taking it down. Anybody who gets involved in gangs is absolutely vulnerable to being uh, exploited in the worst way. Now I wanted to, and we've been talking about foster kids. 80% of kids, excuse me, I've got that number wrong. Bear with me. 60% of kids in prostitution come from the foster care system. And it is because they literally have no stability. They don't know who they are. We need programs to help kids understand who they are, get their value, find that warrior in themselves, help them find some dreams early on. You know, we can't wait till they're 18 to help them find their dreams. That starts when you're starting through puberty and you're getting your independence. And we need to literally dare to dream with these kids and help them find a way to find the good in themselves. So, uh, a child that's extremely insecure, that's that's another one that's really, really huge here. What I want to talk about now, we've been talking about foster kids and runaway kids. I want to talk about pregnant and homeless kids because this is absolutely huge. I was really blown away. I never think about kids as being homeless, but I got involved with my local office of education, Riverside County Office of Education. By the way, those are some amazing folks down there. You don't realize what they're doing, uh, but they have whole staff groups that are that are literally dedicated to helping foster and homeless kids. And uh, they had uh, some incredible number right here in Riverside. There's like 600 homeless kids. Quite frankly, with all these border kids coming in, especially, you know, in LA where one fourth of the of the students in that one school were homeless kid were uh, border kids, you're gonna have kids sleeping on the streets and you know that supposedly they're staying with relatives. But if you Google that article about one out of four kids um, in Los Angeles high school are border kids, you will be amazed at how hard it is for them. Those kids are working night and day and trying to stay awake in schools. And so a A homeless kid is an extremely vulnerable kid. As I mentioned earlier, one of the things that happens with these homeless kids is somewhere they get electronics. I don't know if they steal them. I don't know if somebody gives them to them or what. But 62% of homeless kids in L.A. have technology and they go to to, um, – Starbucks and, you know, Panera Bread and places like that and hook up. So it's kind of an interesting thing. First of all, if you're a homeless kid, how do you do your homework? Because it's very hard to get access. On top of it, if you're a homeless kid, you're a desperate kid. You find yourself, you know, lowering your standards all the time, trading yourself for a place to sleep and being vulnerable, I heard a victim talk, a survivor talk one day. This is a girl who had been caught up in sex trafficking. 
it was a passionate thing. It was a fascinating situation. She said, you know, first of all, I had no vision of where I was going. I was never able to project out just how low this was going to go. She said, it, it kind of started out where it's, you know, I need you to do this. And I said to myself one day, okay, I'll do this, but I won't do this. And then pretty soon he wanted me to do this. And I said, okay, I'll do this, but I won't do this. And she kept lowering the bar until one day there was no this. She did everything. She did everything, not because she was a bad person, because that's what it required to survive. You see, that's that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this show. As I read all these cases, it is horrific the amount of physical and psychological abuse a runaway child experiences in sex trafficking. It's worse than any of the other cases because these guys are absolutely the worst of the worst. Guys who prey on runaway kids know exactly what they're doing. They have a victim trapped basically in a psychological and almost physical cage. They know they have no options, so they degrade them. They, they, they say horrible stuff to them. They, they hurt them in ways you can't believe. As you start to read these cases on my Facebook page, you'll see they punch them, they burn them, they gang rape them, they, uh, they rape them in other ways, let's just put it that way. And this child is trapped. And I don't care if you're 18 years old. You're a child if you're being physically, your entire soul is being victimized. And you know you have no options. And some of these kids say, I want to go home. But number one, they can't get free. I'm going to tell you, get a code word. Because if you can get a chance, if you are out there and hearing this show in any way, shape, or form, and you are a victim of sex trafficking, Reach out. It is not too late. These guys will let you believe, you know, they make you look at all these videos that you've created of having sex. So what? So what? Turn around. Reach out. Find a code word. I uh, I knew of a case once when I first got started this. This girl was horribly abused, horribly abused by a gang. She got sold into a gang, was traded back and forth and back and forth. And one day, somehow... She got some electronics, and she knew she couldn't reach out. She knew that if she got caught, they'd kill her. So she, her name actually had one of those little accent marks above the R in her name, and somehow she got to her Facebook page, and she took that little accent mark and moved it from the R to the N on her name on her Facebook page. And, you know, at one point, her grandmother was watching her Facebook page, every day in hopes of getting some sort of communication with this girl. Now, she couldn't ask for help, but eventually the grandmother looked at that and realized, oh, my gosh, she must be getting my emails. Now, the grandmother never quit sending those emails, just like uh, Nicole Klein's mother. She's never quit looking, okay? But she sent a message back home that, hey, I'm getting your messages, and I hear what you're saying, and I am trying to get free. Well, this show is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity, and it is all about how to help kids prevent getting in this and how to get out. 
I want you to share this show with as many people as you can. I hope you'll contact me at opal at million kids and tell me it's opal at millionkids.org or contact me through Facebook, Million Kids Facebook. Tell me who you are, where you are, and what this show means to you. If you're a church, I hope you contact us and ask us for an embed code because you can archive this. If you're a church or a nonprofit, you can archive this show on your own website for free and let all your members get this free training and you can access all the other uh, shows it's great for students a lot of students get continuing ed credit a lot of social science kids um, students get continuing ed credit Uh, so I hope that you'll consider putting the embed code on your Facebook page also I hope that you will follow me and kids on Facebook and that you will get involved, that you'll share this with many other people. I can do the research. I can share the data. This show is absolutely free. I want you to come along with us and get involved. I'm going to tell you that I am deep into a project regarding preventing child pornography around the world. And I need research. And I need people that can share with me, that can get involved, that are willing to do the hard work, roll up their sleeves, and help me take this on. And most important. What I need is for you to share this. If you want to donate to Million Kids, you can go to www.millionkids.org. That is www.millionkids.org. Every dime that you donate to Million Kids goes to educate and save a missing child or help find a missing child. I don't take your money for my own salary. I am dedicated to doing this, and I so much appreciate all you listeners all over the world China, Italy. Japan, Canada, I love you all. Let me know who you are and join me next week. This is Opal with Exploited Crimes Against Humanity, and we will see you. Thanks for joining us at Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.